0: Hi, and welcome to the iPhone life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief at iPhone life.
1: And I'm Colin Thomas, writer and producer at iPhone life and filling in for David.
0: Thank you so much for joining us Cullen. Cullen is our uh, reporter on all things Mac. So this is the perfect announcement for him to be filling in. Uh, if you listened to last episode last week where we talked about rumors for this announcement, Cullen also joined us then. So welcome back Cullen.
1: I'm so happy to be here and so happy with this announcement. It's everything that I was hoping for, almost.
0: Almost. Yeah, this is like Christmas Day for Colin. (laughs) Uh, To fill all of you in, today was Apple's second fall announcement. It's the October 18th event where Apple unveiled new MacBook Pros in a 14 and 16-inch size featuring updated, upgraded processors. Uh, Last year, Apple unveiled the M1, their first in-house processor. Usually MacBooks have, uh, all of Apple's computers have used Intel-based processors. Now Apple does its own processors, but it had really only had them for its more entry-level Macs. And so we've been sitting around waiting for Apple to come out with pro-level computers with these awesome chips. And finally, they have today as a day. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on top of that, we also got third gen AirPods and a sort of strange HomePod mini announcement with a new Apple Music subscription option, which we'll talk about as well. So, we're going to be going over recapping what we got from today's announcement, what that means for you. And then we're going to launch into helping you decide, is this the right time for you to go ahead and buy a new MacBook? And if so, which one should you get and which customization options should should you choose? So that's all coming up in this hour. Thanks for tuning in
1: all this and more.
0: (laughs) And I'll first tell you about our sponsor for this episode. We have a new sponsor, but it's a company that I have long been familiar with. And Nomad is the name of the company. They make really awesome high end leather accessories for your Apple products. So right now they just came out with a new line of iPhone 13 cases that are made of their premium leather that just like gets nicer with time. We've been using these around the office for a long time. We've given them some of our best of CES awards. Right now. Oh, awesome. And one of the Apple watch bands.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They have, they're so nice. I have, I've had an um, Apple watch band too, that I've used for a couple of years and it really just looks, I mean, it looks better in some ways over time. Uh, it has that kind of like cool worn in leather look, which a lot of people, You know, strive for. So anyway, we love Nomad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We love Nomad. Um, also for high-end premium leather cases, they're pretty affordable. Like a lot of times they start in the 40 to $50 range. Um, their iPhone 13 line, it's a nice slim case profile, but it does have a little lip to it. So if you drop your phone on its face, it is less likely to break. Um, and they have it in a few different colors, black, brown, and lighter tan leather options. So make sure to go check out Nomad's website and to get their iPhone 13 cases.
1: Check it out. They're great. I've used one for a while and I really love it. Long before yes. they had sponsored us, in fact.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's awesome when we get sponsors uh, with products that we've already are so familiar with. So I can definitely recommend this one without, yeah. um, any reservations. I also wanted to take a minute to tell you about some of our offerings at iPhone Life. We have a free newsletter called iPhone Life, iPhone Life's Daily Tip. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tip, you can sign up there. And that, sent, that means once you sign up, you get an email in your inbox every day that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in less than a minute. So it's a easy step-by-step process each day. Very little time commitment, and you're on your way to iPhone mastery. So it's really awesome. Go to iphonelifecom tip to sign up completely free. We also have a premium subscription called iPhone Life Insider, and that is our educational service for Apple enthusiasts. And this is if you really want to master any of your Apple devices, and uh, you get tons of different ways to learn and master your devices besides just the the daily email that I just was telling you about. You get uh, full access to our live online courses. You get an ad-free version of this podcast with bonus content. You get our in-depth video guides and also downloadable PDFs that give you a comprehensive look at each Apple device and a lot of different apps and services as well. Um, So anything you want to learn about, you have a wealth of resources available to you. You also get a video version of our daily tip so you can play it and follow along on your iPhone as you learn. And also you have um, access to our exclusive ask an expert service where if you have a specific sticky tech problem you're having, you contact us and one of our experts helps you find the solution. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you'll get 10% off of your insider subscription. Go check it out now.
1: The video tips are worth it all on their own. Just having that tip a day, you can do it while you while you get out of bed in the morning. 1 minute video tips are fantastic. Right way to yes. learn about your iPhone.
0: Yeah, Cullen is one of our video producers here as well as being one of our iPhone course leaders. So he uh if you join up for in, join insider, you'll get a lot of awesome content from Colin. Um, so we're ready now to move into our coverage of today's event. First, Colin, let's talk about just recapping what happened. What was the event like? What did we get? And what does it mean? So uh, I thought today, just <laughs> on a more lighthearted note, I felt like today's announcement had some more fun, exciting energy than some of the more recent ones. What do you they think? Took
1: a, they took a kind of like super sort of vibe. They really leaned into the, into the super villain vibe the whole time.
0: You mean, because they're like, talking about how powerful these new Yeah,
1: like are, more intense like... music and more intense sort of like, we've released the machines sort of. Vibe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this kind of like menacing music as they, yeah <laughs> it like show like all the pieces of the computer coming together, like it's armor kind of. Um, <laughs> I thought it was kind of fun though. I also liked that they had more throwbacks, the old school Apple vibes, um, including, I mean, they're bringing back the MagSafe charger as a spoiler for the MacBook Pro. So I think some of that, they also are getting rid of the touch bar and bringing back mechanical keys. So they were kind of, acknowledging that in some ways they're going back to their roots in certain ways. They also had um, some, you know, in all of Apple's announcements, they play some videos that hype what they're doing. And when they were playing their Apple music promo, they had the kind of like nineties inspired, but bright colors with silhouettes dancing, which that like growing up for me is very iconic Apple, which was fun.
1: Definitely the first Apple product we saw in the announcement was their old, 90s era iMac with the blue shell with the neon color the bubble Mac yes it was part of yeah you know a little a nostalgic video it wasn't the product they intend to bring back but I think that they did that on purpose and yeah yeah it worked
0: so um Colin I'm curious just your overall feeling about today's announcement because you specifically have been really frustrated and wanting a more powerful Mac with a new processor for a long time.
1: Yeah. So my feelings about this, um, I think that this announcement was very much for me and people like me. <laughs> um, the the pro the pro video market in particular has long had a kind of push and pull relationship with Mac. Where Mac keep Apple keeps releasing products specifically targeted for us professional video producers and then like taking them away and then a little while later they come out with a new one so this is a new wave of top-notch um, laptops no desktops a little bit of a disappointment but top-notch laptops for video editors and producers i um, will be very curious to run some side-by-side spec comparisons with top with actual top desktop processors but um, my feeling overall is basically this is Christmas. If you've been waiting to get a new um, Mac laptop in particular, then now's a good time. They're, they're going to be rock solid. When the M1 first came out, I was sort of skeptical of the M1, the transition to the new silicone uh, ARM-style processors, but um, the performance of the M1 has has set those doubts to rest, and I'm expecting that the M1... Pro and M1 Max will um will be everything that we want. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later. They also had some funny announcements like uh the the colored home pods. I don't know, people like colors. That's that one's less for me. Um and uh, Yeah.
0: <laughs> I really could care less about uh what color the home pod mini is. I don't really I don't like home pod mini that much, <laughs> <Yeah>. so
1: <laughs> but but people like colors. I don't know, maybe that. Yeah, Maybe that's for you. Um, but to me today, we're seeing like some of the promise of the silicone transition going from just consumer. I mean, just consumer, the MacBook Airs with the M1 processors are perfectly good Macs. They're as good as any Mac that they've ever made. Um, mm-hmm. but, but moving more into the pro market, this is a big deal and I'm excited to see it.
0: I also was excited by the announcement today. I have one of last year's MacBook airs and I've really been enjoying it. And the M one processor between the amazing battery life that my MacBook air has and the fact that it can run without any fans. So it's completely silent um that alone i notice a huge difference and yeah. haven't noticed much performance issues but the webcam still isn't great and it only has the only ports that it has at all are two thunderbolt ports which um doesn't really cut it i'm using hubs constantly and then i also know i'm not a video producer at iphone life but if i was trying to do more like heavy lifting the macbook air wouldn't be sufficient. So, um, you know, we have people at our company in that situation, including you Colin. And I just know in general, a lot of people want a more versatile laptop that they can use for, uh, high, like heavy lifting tasks. Also, I think anybody wants to have more port options. And like these days, people are all using zoom and FaceTime. And so having a good webcam is really important too. So I think for me, it's a, it's the first time in a long time that I would say is a great time to buy, which we'll get into more later, but I definitely thought it was an exciting event. The AirPods, I also think are a great option for people ready to upgrade AirPods. So my overall feeling in today's event was yay, exciting, which is more than we could really say for the, uh, iPhone 13 event, which just felt, everything felt a lot more incremental and not as exciting.
1: Yeah, this is not an incremental update. This is a whole new yeah. product that has been missing from the lineup. I mean, they have they have had this product in the past, but now they're adding it back in. This is the professional laptop, you know, uh, multimedia professional's tool, uh, and it comes with the multimedia professional tool price tag, which yeah. is a lot. So let's uh, let's dive into the into the tech.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the MacBooks first, since it's clear we're most, we think that's the most noteworthy of yeah. the of the day. <laughs> so they started out by t- telling us that they have not only one, but two processor options for you if you're in the market for a new MacBook Pro. So they have the M1 Pro and the M1 Max now available. We were expecting that they were gonna have one called the M1X, that it was gonna be an iteration, like a, the next iteration of the M1, but they, they gave us two options. Neither are called what we thought they were gonna be called. Um, and what Colin, what was your take overall on these new processors? And do they have the power you were hoping for?
1: Yeah, they do, Donna. They really do. So the the new processors are the Pro and the Max. Unlike iPhones, it's not the Pro and the Pro Max. It's I know. It's just the Pro and the Max. So that's confusing. But that's what they yeah. went with. Um, and they're both <laughs> yes, available. What was that?
0: I said, yes, it is. It was a strange choice <laughs> yes. to have it be like close to the same, but not the same as yeah. their iPhone line.
1: Nope. We've got a Pro and the Max, but not a Pro Max. So... Um, they're available on the, uh, on the two MacBook pros, the, the 14 and 16 inch. Is that right? Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, and unlike, so the, the M one processor is a four and four architecture that has four high speed processors and four, um, high efficiency processors. So when you're just doing things like writing a word doc, it uses the high efficiency ones, which use less power, which means. The, they um, don't use fans as much, doesn't generate as much heat. But when you move to more advanced processing, something like video editing or a powerful spreadsheet, or you need to do some, some, more, advanced, um, some more advanced analytics, then it uses the high powered cores. So that's four and four on the original M1. The M1 Pro um, and the M1 Max both have two uh, high efficiency cores and eight, high performance cores. So there's actually fewer of the efficiency cores, but w- but double the number of high powered cores. So that's gonna mean mm-hmm. in, in, in real terms, their expectation is that if you're buying a more chunky computer, you probably don't need those high efficiency cores as much. And you're gonna be focusing more on heavy lifting tasks like running powerful spreadsheets, doing data analytics, Um, anything that can be broken up into smaller bytes and spread out among all the different cores. So Mm. um, that's video editing, that's video gaming. um, And then the big difference between the Pro and Max is the um, number of graphics processing cores. So they have uh, 24 and 32 graphics processing cores, respectively, for the Pro and the Max. And that means that with either of these, you've got a substantial improvement in your graphics processing horsepower over the M1. And the M1 was already better than the Intel Iris. So you're looking at a pretty solid boost to your graphics processing. Graphics processing, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I just use Microsoft Word or whatever, and I don't actually use graphics processing, then, you actually do use more graphics processing than you think. So for example, one of the biggest graphics processing chores that my Mac goes through is just our company Slack channel with all its gifs. All those little videos playing in your Slack channel are, you, are, are running graphics processing uh, challenges. So, and the more nowadays with everyone working remote, The more video streams you're running, that is also going to be um, tasking your GPU. So there's, and lots of websites also will will render, especially with advanced um, website design, will be using GPU. So there's not, um, it's not just for video gaming. It's for a lot of different things, including some computationally advanced stuff like encoding um, and decoding software, or uh, audio and video channels. So um, these new processors are a lot more powerful. Um, they've got a lot more graphics power, and they're still pretty efficient. They're still definitely designed for laptops. They're so efficient that they don't really clock them down when you unplug your laptop. So most laptops, if you remove the power supply, it will, um, it will, it will throttle the processing because faster processing takes a lot more power, but these, um, even unplugged aren't significantly slower, or at least according to Apple's presentation, which is pretty cool. That means that you really are untethered, uh, even for gaming or something like that.
0: So, um, that's a good, thank you for the explanation of what each of these processors has to offer. And then just to clarify for, those of you listening so when you go to buy one of the new Macbooks whether you get the 14 or 16 inch option you get to choose if you want to pay for the pro or for the max processor and it's a $200 difference you can pay $200 more for the max and then on top of that you get a bunch of other customization options including how much memory you want which they talked about in the announcement there's like a ton more memory options um you can go up to do you remember what the highest options were for memory uh like 64 gigabytes of memory i, I believe which yes um,
1: you can get up to 64 gigabytes of ram and that's if you have the max i think the pro only goes up to 32 i think i can double check
0: that. yeah yes that that's right um and so, and then, all, and then storage, you can also choose up to a terabyte, I believe, or more of storage. Um, all of that though, is like adding on costs. So <laughs> I, you end up paying for it, but there were some very powerful options there. So yeah. that's just an overview of the, of the processors themselves. Um, but let's get into talking about what the MacBook Pro has to offer aside from the the M1 chip. So, um, Apple is coming out with a 14 inch and a 16 inch MacBook Pro. Um, and as we mentioned, you can choose which of these new processors you want it to come with. And uh, on top of that, there are a lot of other features that make it better than the MacBook Air that I have, sadly, <laughs> which now is making me already want a new computer. Um, <laughs> so, like the MacBook Air, it has a really great way of cooling, uh, the MacBook air has no fan at all. Cause it doesn't ever do heavy lifting tasks enough that it needs one. The MacBook pro does have fans in it, but for most tasks, it's going to stay off just like my computer does. And then when it does kick into gear, um, there's, it has like a better airflow it says 50% more air at lower fan speeds. And so basically it just runs very quietly, even when you're doing intense, like video editing or coding or things like that.
1: And for longtime users of MacBooks, the fan noise is our great bane. So it's definitely, hopefully, I, I I'm hopeful that this promise of quieter fans is is going to carry through.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but uh, if you ha- a lot of you, if you have an older MacBook, you know, even having it on your lap, it'll get scalding hot yes. and be making a ton of noise, which really it makes it pretty unpleasant to use. So that's a pretty big deal.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: and definitely, and then the poor, ports.
1: quieter computers.
0: Yeah, and then the ports. Um, that's a huge thing. I having just two Thunderbolts or um, ports, or you know, you can also use it with just USB C. It doesn't have to be Thunderbolt compatible to to go in there but that's very limiting. Like whenever I'm connecting to my monitor, for instance, I have to have all these dongles. Uh, When I'm doing this podcast, for instance, I have to be plugged into a, a hub that has all the other connections. So it makes you less able just to plug in and do what you need to do easily. And so I think Apple's acknowledging that and taking a bit of a step back from wanting to be so minimalist with everything. And so they have like an HDMI port so you can plug into a monitor easily. There is, um,
1: that's big. You don't have to to plug in a monitor. You can plug your monitor straight into your
0: laptop. Yeah. So that's a huge improvement. And then they have three Thunderbolt connections. They have an SD card reader, so, um, slot. So that is helpful. And they bring, they're bringing back MagSafe that the, the original MagSafe is that magnetic. Connector for your, for your MacBooks, And we used to have that. And then it went away. Right. Right. Yeah. The power supply. Um, whereas like a couple of years ago, they came out with MagSafe now for, to help have more reliable wireless charging for our iPhones. But now they're finally bringing it back to the Mac, which a lot of people have been wanting for a long time, including me.
1: There was one oddity in that they said they were bringing back the MagSafe power supply. So it's got the magnetic clip to, to plug your MacBook into the wall. But they also said you can continue to charge your Mac using the Thunderbolt connector, which to me that suggests, I mean, so, so these more powerful processors are going to use more power, right? They, they're more powerful, but they also use more power. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious what that means. Does it, it may end up being that you can charge it when it's off using the Thunderbolt, but you'll want to plug it in when it's, I don't know, it's odd. It's odd to put a a port that's only function is to charge when you could in fact charge from a different port that has multiple functions. I'm a little curious yeah. about that decision.
0: That's true. Like, like yeah, I right now I can be plugged in to a hub and be get you know getting all these different connections plus power through that one
1: through one uh, single cable. Yeah whereas now you'd have to plug into your hub and then also to your MagSafe. That's two cables.
0: I'm curious
1: why they didn't just put four Thunderbolt ports on the Mac instead of three and a a MagSafe charger. There must be a reason, but we'll find out eventually.
0: Yeah, good point. (laughs) Um, So other improvements, the keyboard, they're getting rid of the touch bar, which I think has been pretty universally... Hated <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like no one in the office at iPhone Life likes their touch bar or uses it consistently. Uh, the main thing that's nice is having Touch ID in your MacBook, which of course they're keeping without having to have the touch bar and they're bringing yes. back with the full mechanical function row of keys, which I think we can agree is a good thing.
1: <laughs> Definitely a good thing. The touch bar. <laughs> touch bar is one of those innovations that you think looks cool on paper but then once you've used it for a little while you're like why (laughs) yeah don't use this
0: then with the display the it's a retina display and you know they talked about how it's improved in some ways i can't remember the details but they do it's i do know it has smaller bezels and now they introduced a notch because of that so you get a bigger display for the for the it 16 inch and 14 physically inch It is slightly
1: larger with a smaller bevel. Yeah. But the smaller bevel is everywhere, except where the cameras are. So the spot at the top of the frame of the, of the screen where the cameras are is a notch. And I think that yeah. notch is there for the same reason that it is on, on most phones. And that's because when you're doing video calls, you want your cameras as close as possible to the, to the monitor. Otherwise Mm. you get this weird thing where you're looking above the monitor or looking below the camera,
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: I don't know. I'm not wild about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm happier overall. I think it it was a good choice to at least give more screen real estate where you can, even if it does mean that there's a notch. And f- most of the time it's just going to be the Apple menu behind the rest of it, um, which has like buttons on the right and left side. So the notch doesn't really get in the way of anything, but in certain displays, uh, we were joking how in the announcement they, only showed the computer like in dark mode or with the menu uh, in places where like where the notch wouldn't be in the way. They're obviously not showing any displays where the notch was a nuisance.
1: <laughs> the notch is gonna be a nuisance.
0: But the notch will, it, people who hate the notch on their iPhone you know, whatever, 13, iPhone 10 or later are also going to hate it in the new MacBook Pro. The
1: thing is, is that's a spot on the screen that I use, right? All your menus on a Mac are along the top of the screen, not to mention all your all your icons for the different apps that you have running open in background. But Unlike usually they're to iPhone, the right or
0: left of the Mac, of the notch. They're usually yeah, not I in guess, the center. But
1: like mine goes all the way across the top.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So I like having a notification you.
1: area full of different apps, all of which I use. So okay. it's definitely going to get in the way. And, and what they've decided to do is that they've they've split your menu bar on either side of the notch. So you'll be having your menu, your Apple menu, your different menus along the top there squeezed into the space on either side of the notch. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it goes. I'm skeptical. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a... I'm not a notch hater on the iPhone. I don't care because I don't use the top of my screen.
0: Right? Yeah. I don't care either. Like,
1: really, That's, that's not a spot where I have to go very often, especially with a bigger iPhone and my thumb at, naturally positioned at the bottom of the screen. It's not that big a deal on a Mac. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> you will see because you're getting one of these, aren't you?
1: I hope so. Yes, I do yeah. plan to buy one. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I was hoping for an iMac. So there's my my point of my point of um, of disappointment. My one disappointment disapp- point, um, which is, I was really hoping that we would get one of these advanced processors in an iMac. Um, they they continue to be laptop processors. They're pretty powerful ones. We haven't seen benchmarks, obviously yet, but they do seem to be. Um, fairly advanced processors, they will be at least as good, if not much better than most PC lap- laptops, but we're still talking about laptops. We're not talking about desktops. And you know, there's a power difference between what you can squeeze into a laptop form factor and what you can build an entire desktop around. So right. um, <clears throat> this is very much aimed at me and my demographic. So yeah, I intend to get one.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see when the iMac comes out. But yeah, for the laptop, there are a couple other things I wanted to mention, the webcam being one of them. Um I was pretty disappointed that they didn't really do much for the FaceTime camera in the M1 Mac- MacBook Air that I have. It's still just 720p and they said they did a few software things to make it a little better, but I haven't noticed it being that great. Um whereas the the ones we got today the 14 and 16 inch pro options have a 1080p FaceTime camera and right. so it's like two times more light through the sensor like it's the lighting yep. will be better so um, it's got so- a,
1: a larger aperture which means it'll accept more light into the camera which is great because you never have like a properly lit setup when you're doing a FaceTime call so you always need yeah. more light sensitivity that's going to mean better color reproduction and they've got a, a slightly wider field of view And it's finally full HD. So whatever it is now, 15 years after the introduction of the HD standard, Apple has finally put a full HD webcam on on a Mac, on a Mac. Why do you
0: think it's taken so long? It seems so strange. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I think that the main reason, I mean, realistically, it's because our video calls haven't been full HD either. Right. Mm. Like. Until pretty recently, we weren't really doing full HD video calls. So why would you need a front facing full HD webcam? But that is definitely a fact of the past. We are now doing our video calls in full HD and Apple is finally catching up.
0: The pandemic has changed things. Yes. Yeah, so um, the other things too, the battery life continues to be great. The M1, that was a huge breakthrough with the M1 processor is that, you know, you went from like a few hours of battery to 20 hours of potential battery uh, video playback with the MacBook Air. And this you get 17 to 20 out. 17 for the Fit 14 inch and up to 21 hours of video playback with the um, 16 inch. So that's pretty awesome.
1: That's pretty awesome. I mean, you know p- professionals running on battery, like I don't know how much video editing you're really doing off of your battery without a power supply, but you can now. Um, it's not throttling you and you've got 21 hours. so I guess on that on that 19 hour flight to Sydney you could you could actually get some editing done if you yeah, that's pretty free. edit on an airplane with the sound in the
0: background. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to double
1: back to the display because the display is also finally a thousand nits of brightness. With Mm. variable brightness patches, which means that it's got different brightness zones behind the display, and that means with a thousand nits of brightness, max sixteen hundred nits of brightness, it's now the same brightness as your iPhone Pro Max, which means it's doing proper HDR. They didn't actually say that they could do Adobe Vision. And I sus- suspect that they would have said that if they could have. So it sounds like it's not an Adobe Vision display, but it is, um, it is full HDR, which means that it's multi, uh, I think it's multi-billion colors of reproduction at a, at a very high um, contrast ratio. It's gonna look great. This is going to be their best. And they've got the ProMotion in there, which means ProMotion is their variable frame rate. So they'll refresh at 60 hertz when you're just looking at a web page. But when you start watching a, a movie or or uh, needing to update like a video game or something, then you it will automatically swap up to 120 hertz refresh rate. That's going to look great. That's going to be a very significant improvement in your display experience over previous... Uh, um, MacBooks.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I like that it's dynamic. That if it's a static page, it'll slow down to save your battery, and otherwise, it'll be those like amazing graphics which you're now getting on the iPhone 13 Pro.
1: Yeah, and and they do let you. In case there's any other video professionals out there, they will let you select, you know, 120 hertz or 60 hertz. If you want to like lock it in, you can lock it in.
0: Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And then on top of that, um for those who are you know like to know what Apple's doing to uh, lessen their impact on the environment. I was happy to hear that the outer shell of the MacBook Pro is 100% recycled aluminum. They're trying to move towards recycling as much as they can, which I was happy to hear. Um and they are available to order today. So, recording right now, it's October 18th, Monday. You can order today. They start shipping next week, so that's um That's exciting. macOS Monterey for the record too is going to be the public shipping version will also be available next week.
1: Finally. We've been
0: been wondering about that for a while. I'm running the beta on my computer, which actually before I was saying I had no problems with, it's actually been a little buggy for me recently, so I'll be happy to get onto the public shipping version.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We'll finally have the public release of Monterey and a bunch of features that came out with iOS 15 are actually integrations with the Mac OS Monterey. So we're going to see a bunch of those features that they had been talking about, um, finally implemented on your Mac. So that's, that's going to be cool. That's supposedly that update should start rolling out on Monday. Um, I think I said Adobe vision. It's actually Dolby vision. Is the HDR standard little correction there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even catch that. Whoops. (laughs) Um, So, oh, on top of having great battery life, also it has fast charging. I just, this spec stood out to me that you can charge your um, new MacBook Pro 50% in 30 minutes. And I just think in general with the laptop, to me, it's so nice to not have to be plugged in and to be able to be on the go. Uh, I also enjoy fast charging on my iPhone a lot for that reason that just, you know, when you jump in the shower or whatever you're doing, you can charge it up and then still have that portability, which is really nice. Um, So yeah, that, that pretty much covers it with the new MacBook pros. We're going to circle back to, for those of you listening who are wanting to know which one to buy and whether you should buy and what customizations to do. We're gonna circle back, but, but we wanna tell you about the new AirPods and the HomePod mini uh, before we do that. One Did last you have any- thing
1: about the MacBooks, one very important thing, the most important thing, they come in two colors. <laughs> the colors are space gray and silver. That's it, just those two. So if you were hoping for a cherry red MacBook, um, I'm afraid you're going to have to do an aftermarket paint job.
0: Were you hoping for a cherry red one? A little. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, I don't know where you would have gotten that unless you were hoping for that.
1: (laughs) I don't think uh, Apple has done additional colors on MacBooks anytime in my memory.
0: Yeah, I don't remember that either. All right. So very exciting MacBook Pros. Also, we've been, man, I feel like I've been uh, writing and editing articles about third generation AirPods for a long time now. And we thought we were going to get them in September. Uh, but we finally did get them and yes. And they're, I think a really nice improvement. Um, the design, I feel like there've been so many memes making fun of AirPods and how they look like Q-tips hanging out of your ear and stuff (laughs) like that. So they did improve the design. The little stems that come out are noticeably shorter. Um, but the design, it seems like they're keeping the best of the AirPods design that have made them a success though, and that they still just kind of easily slip into your ear. Is not without sealing in the AirPods pro? I feel like are, um, they're kind of a double-edged sword. Like they are great for working out and that they have that rubber tip that kind of seals into your ear and isn't going anywhere but also makes it a bigger commitment to put them in and wear in certain environments. Whereas what I love about the AirPods is you just slip them in, you know, easily place them in your ears, you can easily take them out. And that makes them really great for just using casually at work or at home or out on a walk, or even you can try running in them, although the AirPods Pro are probably better for that. So they just kind of updated the style a bit, but kind of kept what was working well in them. Um, They have spatial audio, which Colin, I feel like you could probably do a better job than me explaining what spatial audio is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they've brought, um, spatial audio from the pro series into the general use. So your, your, your new, um, AirPods third generation are going to have spatial audio. What spatial audio does is it takes spatialized sound like, uh, so if you're sitting in a, in a, um, in a movie theater and you have all the different speakers lining the walls, the speakers in the back can play sounds that are behind you, that's that's surround sound. So they take all the channels of data for surround sound and they create a virtual environment surrounding you. And then because the AirPods Pro and now the AirPods third generation can track your head movement, they actually track the movement of your head from side to side. And if you look one way or the other, they keep track of which way you're facing. And then they basically move your your head around this virtual 3D environment as if you were sitting in the middle of a big wall of surround sound speakers. So if you were if you can imagine the experience of sitting in the middle of a ring of speakers that are playing sounds from different directions, then as you turn your head one way or the other, you would catch different sounds. That's the thing that spatial audio is trying to reproduce. Now, in order to do that, you need audio that is surround sound, um, and a lot of Apple Music is not all of it, but a, a good they've, they've produced a significant minority of its music is is produced for. Uh, Dolby's um, for Dolby's version of surround sound and then the other thing that they offer which is is spatialized stereo so anything that was recorded and mastered in stereo they create a virtual 3D environment out of the stereo sound as well so that's almost everything on Apple Music and Apple TV is going to be stereo so you're you're going to get that experience uh, uh, for almost all your music on Apple Music as long as you use them at Apple music, which I guess at this point, they're really pushing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And spatial audio from my experience is actually as cool as it sounds. Like it yeah, does I'm make actually a huge really difference. Into it.
1: I'm super into it. I love the, yeah. the spatial audio experience. It was it weird to be out when I first, when I first heard it on, but after um, using it for a little while, I like really like it.
0: Yeah so other cool things about the third generation AirPods is that it comes with a wireless charging case. That's also MagSafe compatible. Um, yeah. in the past, you've been able to, you know, upgrade and buy a wireless charging case, but this one comes with it just by default, which and is it's nice. Mag and it's mag safe. And, um, the, with the case, you can charge it for up to 30 full hours of listening. So that's, uh, it charges your AirPods up to four times, which is pretty impressive, I would say.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, that's a big deal with my AirPods is, is being able to pop the case on the charger while I'm still listening and have it recharge. You can get multi, you can get about an hour of playtime out of five minutes of charging with the new fast charging, which is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Wait, could you repeat that, spec? I didn't catch that.
1: They said in the announcement, they promised us, we shall see if it is true, that you get about an hour of playtime out of five minutes of charging time.
0: Wow. That is amazing. Because yeah, I love my AirPods. I use them all the time. They're my favorite wireless earbuds I have, but I do feel like I go through the battery in them so quickly and I hate it how they're always dying on me. So any improvements in that area are much desired. Um so yeah, that those are I think those are hit the main points in terms of what you get with the AirPods. They're 179. You can order them today. They ship. They also are, are available to ship next week. Um and now they're dropping the price for the second generation AirPods to 129 if you're looking for a cheaper option. Are you planning on buying the new AirPods?
1: I mean, I have the AirPods Pro. Um which already has almost all of those features. The only features the AirPods third gen have that the Pro don't is uh, that MagSafe. And I don't think for me, it's gonna be worth it to buy a whole new set just for the MagSafe. But I I will have to wait for the next generation of, of Pro. And
0: 179, I should know this. Is that the same price as the second gen used to be? I'm blanking on that.
1: You know, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, um, that's something I can, I can check on and get back to you in next, up, next episode about, but I'm going to tentatively say that that is the same same price. Um. All right, moving on. So there was the HomePod mini that we got today. And the biggest difference I saw is just that they're different colors. It's yes, still $99. Yes.
1: Apple with great fanfare walked out that they now have some colors for their HomePod minis.
0: yeah. Which, you know, the HomePod Mini and the HomePod in general is Apple's smart speaker. It hasn't really taken off in the way they were hoping. The original HomePod had great sound quality, but because of it, it was really expensive. So then last year they came out with a budget mini version, which the um, audio version is, the audio quality is decent. But my experience having used the Amazon Echo for a few years is that. Apple's still lagging behind in terms of how well the voice assistant works. Siri just doesn't have as many capabilities for the smart speaker at all as Amazon's Alexa does. And the sound quality for $99, you can get um, a few of the Amazon dots echo dots, which have uh, the sound quality in my opinion, isn't that much worse. And you could have them in different rooms of your house. So overall I just feel like the HomePod mini still has a ways to go, but it is nice that you're wrapped into the Apple ecosystem more easily with it. Um, and they, along with the no, new HomePod mini announced a new Apple music subscription option that's cheaper. So it's 4.99 a month and that gets you Siri access to all of Apple music's playlists. So you have to specifically ask Siri to play a song from, I mean, I don't, they didn't give examples the exact prompts you would give, but my guess is like plays, you know, Cheerful playlist, like you could say a mood or like the type of music you feel like listening to and Apple will serve you up something, but it won't allow you to play on demand, like play this album or play this song. Like you get, if you have the full 9.99 a month,
1: Apple. Yeah, this one's weird. I feel like it bears repeating. Apple has announced a new paid tier to Apple music. It's like $5 a month
0: Yep, And,
1: and it's whole function is to give you Siri access and only Siri access to Apple Music. So you can, re- you can ask Siri to play different genres or styles and Siri will go and get curated playlists, but that's it. That's the only thing you're paying for for this $5 a month. And it really yeah. seems to me like that is geared for use with smart speakers. This is like the smart speaker plan. Because if you're on your phone, I don't see me using that on my phone. But if I had smart speakers around my house, yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) It is included in any other uh, paid tier of Apple Music. So if you were already paying for an Apple Music subscription, then you would gain this functionality with any smart speaker that you have or with your phone if you felt a need.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty much, if if you're getting a HomePod to me, that seems like the most compelling, but then in some ways, why not go ahead and pay the $10 a month and you get so much more finer control of your Apple, Apple music than just being able to play a playlist by genre. So it is like really a fraction of the capabilities of an Apple music subscription for half the cost.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I don't
0: find it to be personally that compelling. But there might be, for a certain subset of listeners, it makes more sense if that's all they're really going to use with Apple Music anyway.
1: Yeah. If you had a bunch of speakers and you just really like curated playlists, then this is the subscription for you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So that's all we got from the announcement today. Um, But let's talk more about, for those of you tuning in today what to do if you're in the market for buying a new MacBook. Is this the right time to buy? Uh, if so, which of, the 14, which of the different customizations we talked about today is right for you and will get you what you need for the least amount of money. So um, first of all, Cullen, would you, I know you're planning on getting a new MacBook, but what, what would be your general recommendation for people listening?
1: Well, the thing about the new MacBooks is they're pretty darn expensive. Even the yes. cheapest version, the entry level of the MacBook Pro 14 inch is 2 grand, 1999 plus tax. The MacBook Pro 16 inch is coming in at 2500, that's 2499 but 2500 plus yeah, tax. and
0: remember starting at 2 2500. <laughs> that's
1: starting. So that's that's just with the Pro, not the Pro Max, and that's with your um, kind of minimum memory spec and your minimum storage spec. Those are the three big choices that you're making when you're selecting one of these, is you're selecting which processor you want, whether that's the Pro or the Max, and you're selecting how much RAM you wanna add, that's either 32 or 64 gigabytes, or, and how much storage you want, one, two, four, or eight terabytes of storage. If you are going for your max spec and you're really have all the money in the universe and want to spend it on a laptop, um, you can get 64 gigs of memory, the, the max processor and eight terabytes of storage, but you're spending seven grand on a laptop. Uh, that's, Ouch. that's a lot. That's got a stig. Uh, and is it worth it? I mean, seven grand on a laptop at the,
0: <laughs> that feels pretty unheard of.
1: That's pretty unheard of. Um, However, your seven grand laptop is probably the most powerful computer in Mac's lineup. I'd be very curious to see how these M1 Mac's processors compare with the Intel processors available in the the Mac Pro lineup, the desktop lineup. My suspicion is that they're going to actually be pretty comparable. So you're looking at a laptop form factor for a professional level um, audio, video, platform, uh, especially because with these M1 Pro and Pro Max processors, they've added hardware support for ProRes encoding. So they've got a section of the chip is dedicated full time. For years, Mac has added H.264 encoding, but now they've got ProRes 2, which means all your Final Cut Pro background renders are going to be happening without touching the CPU or GPU. They're happening on a dedicated chip. Uh, and that's going to take a huge load off your, your video editing, um, workflows. So your device is really not going to need the fans at all, just for background renders. That's pretty cool. Um, and they're, they're advertising that that's going to be happening at at close to 10 times speed. Um, it was already pretty fast for H.264. So this is, I'm a little bit into the weeds here, but for video, for video professionals, that's actually a really big deal. Having hardware support for H.264 and ProRes means you can pretty much sit back and edit um, without having to worry about render times at all. Or so without... we're hearing... Go ahead.
0: Oh, go ahead. You first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh,
1: I was just going to say, um, without waiting... F- We haven't had to wait for render times in a long time, but rendering background tasks used to heat up your computer and the fans would kick in. And then you'd be fighting fan noise when you're trying to do your edits. Well, hopefully that's not going to happen. That's, I mean, uh, my suspicion is that with hardware support for the the video transcoding, you're not going to have fans kicking in. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So I was going to say that, like what I'm hearing from you is that definitely this is a great purchase for someone who is doing ver- work with video, or, I mean, maybe give me some other examples of the type of work you might do that, like, that you kind of need this.
1: So in, if you're, if you're a video producer who wants to edit on a laptop, um, then <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> this
1: is the system for you. Uh, you might even consider spending either $6,000 that they're That they're asking for the maxed out storage space. Um, For the rest of us, one terabyte of hard drive space should be sufficient, at least for the most part, especially if you're optimizing your storage and offloading things like your your iCloud photo stream and so on. Um, So then 32 gigs of RAM, again, completely sufficient. These days, um, until today's announcement, Mac's entire lineup except the Mac Pros only had 16 gigs, and were functional. Um, your RAM is the part of your computer. It's like the, the 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 desk. It's where all you put all the things when you're about to perform a task. So all the memory for for the actual processing is is on your RAM. And and 16 gigs is low. I mean, we our our first um, computers with 16 gigs of RAM were 15 plus years ago, but 32 gigs is sufficient. Um, 64 gigs of RAM is a lot of RAM, and do you need that much? Only if you're going to be doing very challenging um, tasks that require a lot of a lot of processing memory. So that that would be things like gaming, which always uses up as much resource as you have available, um, but also any kind of um, 3D modeling or architecture visualization, uh, any kind of, I mean, your computer is going to use the RAM you have available, uh, especially something like Chrome or Safari tends to use up a lot of RAM. The more tabs you have open, that's RAM. Um, so, more RAM you have, the more tabs you can have open running in real time. So, that's nice. Um, if I only had $400 to upgrade the base model, I would probably spend it on the processor rather than getting 64 gigs of Ram or two terabytes of storage. I would get 32 gigs of Ram, one terabyte of storage and the more powerful processor,
0: the base model of the 14 and 16 inch MacBook pro is 16 gigabytes of Ram though, not 32. Is it mm-hmm. you're right. So, I'm looking at so- that. I'm looking
1: at the um, 16 inch.
0: Okay. Even the 16 inch though, I'm seeing it's that it's saying 16 gigabytes of memory is the base. They have 16, 32 and 64 are all options. Um, for the, the 16 gigabytes is for the M one pro is for the, if you just get the M one max, then, then 32 and 64 are your options. So yeah, Yeah. I guess you're only paying 200 more than for the M one max with the 32 gigabyte option, which you're saying you would go for.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay
0: so um, yeah. for definitely for people like with who are video producers or something like that this is the right choice but what about for those of us who like i do a lot of word processing and um i don't really necessarily need all of the bells and whistles in the new macbook pro um but if i'm going to buy right now should i buy the macbook air from last year or the macbook pro because i think that's what a lot of our listeners are more in that camp where they might not be you know needing all the things you're talking about specifically but they still want a really good solid computer
1: the M1 MacBook Air is a rock solid ultra light laptop if what you want is an ultra light laptop for business trips for working remotely for doing Um, basic productivity tasks, Mm -hmm. then the M1 Air is still what you want. If you are a power user who likes to keep open 10 million Chrome tabs, um, you might consider upgrading to something with more RAM. If you are a audiovisual professional, then at the very least, you want the MacBook MacBook Pro Mm 14-inch. And you can scale up from there according to your budget. If you are a normal user who just wants more future-proofing, then I would go for the pro rather than the max. And I would maybe spec up for more hard drive space. Um, If you're you're, uh, really going to be putting your computer through its paces, doing any kind of 3D rendering or modeling, then yeah, you want that more powerful processor. That's gonna be, be your big your big point. And if you're going to the more powerful processor, Apple requires that you move from 16 to 32 gigs of RAM, which is good. Um, but that RAM with the more powerful processor is also much faster. In addition to being more of it, it's also almost twice as fast. Um, so that's, that's worth the upgrade um, if you're gonna be doing RAM-intensive activities.
0: Yeah. And so this might be helpful for you guys listening that if I were in the market right now and I hadn't just bought the M1 MacBook Air, I definitely would be going for the pro, even though I'm not doing much video editing. And that's for, because of future proofing, like Colin said, also because of the ports and the webcam, I think that like most people want those things. And so it's hard, even though, I mean, those things alone might not be worth spending the $700 more that you're going to have to pay even for the yeah. lowest option of MacBook Pro, but then all taken together, I think it's worth it. Um, I'm not sure whether I would get the M1 Max or the M1 Pro. I'm thinking I would probably get the M1 Max because then it all, I also do get the 32 gigabytes of memory, um, which... I do run into with my M one MacBook air that sometimes if I have too many things going on that I'm running too many programs or have too many tabs open, my computer starts getting really buggy and glitchy. And so you, I would rather have can, more memory.
1: You can get 32 gigs of memory with the pro mm, okay. um, your options are 16 or 32 with the pro and with the okay. max, your options are 32 or 64. So they, they force you to start at 32 if you go for the max.
0: Yeah. So I do think that for most people getting the MacBook pro, if it's a computer, you're going to be using a lot and you have the money to do it. I think it's worth, worth the extra money. I think would probably be my main takeaway, but I don't know that I I, I definitely feel like getting the M one max feels less necessary for people who aren't doing as much, um, doing quite as much or have a profession that really calls for it.
1: I think that the, we're we're back to a space where when they say MacBook Pro, they really mean MacBook Pro. Um, Both all, all of the combinations of 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros are professional tools for professionals. Um, And I definitely think that if you are, whether you're working from home and sitting in constant Zoom calls to managing many tabs, To managing many monitors, these more powerful MacBooks are definitely what you've been waiting for. Um, I I would I would go for it. The cheapest model is two thousand dollars. That's a fourteen inch laptop, Um, and even the cheapest of those, that two thousand dollar fourteen inch laptop, is a is a a rock solid computer. (laughs) So let's
0: hear from you guys tuning in. Uh, What are you planning to buy? Are you going to get one of the new MacBook Pros with the M1 Pro or Max chip? Email podcast at iphonelife.com to let us know. And I think that's it for this this episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Colin. It's been so much fun discussing all this with you. Yeah, was there any parting thoughts you wanted to add?
1: Well, we look forward to seeing David again when he gets back.
0: Yes, you missed all- this,
1: this announcement.
0: I know. Uh, in all my time at, at iPhone Life, this is the first announcement where David has not been here. Uh, but it's been <laughs> so much fun having having you on the podcast. I hope we can rotate you in more often.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: And um, stick around, insiders. We're going to just chat a little bit longer. Uh, so the rest of you, goodbye. We'll see you in a couple weeks.